Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. In this case, however, two special guests and I will be having discussions about two different characters. This episode, we are tackling two travelers from the Trouble Brewing Edition, the Beggar and the Gunslinger. We'll be starting off with the Beggar, whose ability reads, You must use a vote token to vote. Dead players may choose to give you theirs. If so, you learn their alignment. Alright, getting into our segment here. I don't know if this is the first or the last or what, but I am joined by Miles. Um, hey Miles, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, so Miles, uh, it's been a while since I've actually recorded with somebody who I've played with in person um, uh, like a few times at least before. Like I've played with John, John G. Uh, I've played with I don't know. Not that many of the other people I've recorded with recently, at least. Uh, so it's it's a good change to to actually have seen you playing in person and know your play style a little bit. Yeah, back to the back to the casuals. <laughs> I, I think I think you're a very good person to talk to about this, though. I I'm I would be. Uh, it sounds like you know more about this character than I do. Um, I was telling you before we started recording that. Well, for the listeners, by the way, we're talking about the beggar. I think I've only played with the beggar like twice, actually, in games, and I've certainly never played as the beggar. I've never played as any of these travelers because I'm always the one with the grimoire who is either storytelling or just like, you know, I'm not arriving late or leaving early, so I have no reason to be a traveler most of the time. So I'll do my best to come up with good points here, but (laughs) I certainly have thoughts. Let's start with how to be the beggar on the good team. What's sort of your general thoughts on your goals and, um, and I guess, I guess we can also kind of break it down into like whether or not you're leaving, whether you're leaving early or you arrived late. I guess those are also different play styles, which I forgot to delineate in our show notes, but just thinking about it now, those are important differences to think about. So what is, what is your general approach to the beggar as a good player? I, I will say that most of the travelers I've played as, or, um, had in my games while on the storyteller have been late arrivers usually um, yeah me too i think yeah it's if, it's like if we're done playing you know if someone's gonna go they're not gonna play another game but a lot of times they get there and it's like oh we just started and it's like well you can be a traveler so mm-hmm. a lot of the time that's the situation i see and what i like about the beggar is that it puts the onus entirely on the player to make use of their ability Uh, A lot of the other travelers have these massively impactful abilities that they kind of just get for showing up. But the beggar, when you put in, could have essentially minimal impact on the game. They don't come in with a vote, and it requires one of the existing players to agree to let them use their ability, which I've seen not happen. And, you know, they had very low impact on the game. So I like how it, it encourages the player it gives them an ability, but it says you've got to make the most of this. It doesn't just happen on its own. Um, so to me, if you go into the game and you're good and you want to make use of that ability, you've got to be a salesman or woman. You've got to convince people that get it, giving you their vote token is the best thing that they can do, whether that is or is not the case. I feel like a lot of the time, if you actually are a good beggar, then it will, in fact, be like the best thing they can do a lot of the time for dead players to, um, for at least dead good players to give you their vote. 
I well, I actually kind of have a slightly different theory on that. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I, I agree that that's the way it feels. Uh, and certainly like psychologically, like you're good. Here's this other person who you gave your vote token to and they say you're good. Like that's a lot of goodness going around. We all see that I'm good, right? But it depends on if you can confirm that the traveler beggar is good or not because mm -hmm. he may very he or she may very well be evil and just you know saying you're good and it doesn't really mean anything they could be doing it for a variety of reasons so i actually think it's a little deceptive that you come into the, to the game and you know you can confirm people as good but that that uh, the word that someone is good only goes as far as uh, how much we can confirm the beggar is good yeah which because it's a traveler you know, there's no washerwoman saying that they're good. Basically, the the only in-game mechanic I can really think of is the empath. And you'd rather have the empath confirming a townsfolk or, you know, getting information about players that could be the demon. There is one way that I think there's the main way. And it's kind of the, the code of the traveler to to kind of confirm you're good. I don't know if, if we want to get into it here. I think it, I think it kind of informs everything about being a traveler, though. So probably we should. It's that the travelers are at war with other travelers. Are you? Do you? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, because there's there's kind of the assumption that like once you get to maybe three travelers, it's like okay, at least one of us is evil. Uh. Yes, and I I would get, I would say in the vast majority of games, two travelers, one of them is evil. Yeah, I'm not sure that should be the case necessarily, but it certainly does. Um... It does get played that way a lot of the time. Yeah, because in the manual, they tell you that one in three should be evil, right? Yeah, it's, I don't know if they necessarily give like an exact number like that. It's been a while since I've read it, but uh, they definitely say that most of the time you should be making travelers good. Yeah. Um, but I try to do that. Yes. Yeah, well, I think that kind of pits, that's one um, thing the storyteller's told, but it kind of might go against one of the core values of the storyteller, which is to create the most kind of balanced, exciting game that goes to the last day. Mm -hmm. Because in my experience, this, the traveler has been included with an eye to which team is winning. And yeah. so if evil team is really having a tough time, that first traveler may be evil. Um, you know, throwing out the whole advice of, of most travelers should be good right off the bat. Mm -hmm. But even if that's not the case, a second traveler that adds in the game, I think the most natural inclination for a storyteller, and this is just like theory crafting. This is, you know, this is not every time uh, is if you put a good traveler in, the next one should be able to balance it out. If you put an evil traveler in, the next one's probably good to balance it out unless you've got another reason. So the first traveler, you don't know whether they're good or evil, but by the second the time the second one's in, you have a strong feeling that one of them's evil. And so if you're one of those two travelers, and you can say, no, the other traveler's evil. That's pretty much the best way you've got to show that you're good. Yeah, I think that uh, whether, I mean, I think that even if the storyteller puts in two good travelers, you can pretty safely assume they're not putting in two evil travelers unless it's a very extreme situation. So that, that'll, that'll definitely work. If you can show that another traveler is evil, it kind of exonerates all the other travelers, uh, unless you're playing with a ridiculous number of travelers, in which case, like, why are you doing that? Uh <laughs> because you want that 20-person game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, yeah, that's uh, a lot of my uh, play with travelers has been when there's one or two. Uh, I've mm -hmm. never played a game with four or five travelers, I don't think. And I kind of wouldn't yeah. want to. I think most for me is also three. Yeah. 
um, just because at a certain point it's like we're playing a completely different game. <laughs> yes. And there's there's so many things that just like like you were saying that you don't really have the information about their alignment. So a lot of the time it's either like, okay, well, the good team's going to bully them into using their ability in a specific way, or they're just going to exile them. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got to admit that when I'm a storyteller, I want to be the most inclusive and helpful. And yeah, so you're late. It's okay. Come on and play. You know, everyone's having a good time. But when I'm in a game and I'm, you know, playing as as a townsfolk and I'm I'm really trying to figure out the puzzle (laughs) and a traveler shows up, I'm often like, oh, no, this changes everything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this, This just complicates the puzzle. It's like I'm trying to figure out, you know, one of those logic problems where it's like Tom, Harry and Bob went to the movies and Tom was at the movies at five and Bob Bob saw this movie and, and you know, you're trying to figure out this logic puzzle and then you're halfway through that and they're like, oh, and here's this other piece of information about a, a fourth character that... Yeah, that and then, he, then they're like, and then Arnold shows up with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you're like, this isn't the same problem anymore. So my instinct, as regrettable as it is, and I've been in many conversations about um, about it's not the most, you know, best etiquette, is like, Oh, like, it's great. I'm glad you're here. Like, you're going to play with us. But I think you're a liability right now. So I'm going to call for your exile. Um, yeah. But you still got to vote, you know, and you're still going to get to get to enjoy the rest of this. And that's actually why <laughs> I, I like the beggar the most. Um, it's because the, you know, the gunslinger has this giant ability that that warps the game. Uh, the bureaucrat and the thief have these giant abilities. It's like, you can't let those players make it to the end, in my opinion, because they drastically changed that final vote. And the uh, the scapegoat is, to me, very much a balancing ability for the storyteller. You, they put them in, and then it's like, the scapegoat doesn't have that much choice over how their ability works. It's up to the storyteller to determine when. But the beggar can be put in, and you read that ability, and you think, oh, okay, so... You don't necessarily change anything at all, right? And it's like, yeah, sure, I'm just here, I'm just a beggar. And so I actually, I think the the beggar fits what I'm looking from for a traveler the best, which is uh, a player who doesn't ne- necessarily have massive impact, but who can have that impact if they play, you know, strongly. Yeah, and it's also interesting because they become a source of information in the game, which I always feel like. I prefer the travelers who become an information source rather than the ones who just have like some strong ability mm-hmm. because that t- kind of ties them into the rest of the uh, deduction that's going on. Whereas like the gunslinger, for instance, they can just kind of show up and then everybody else is like, okay, let's figure out how to use this new tool that we have. They aren't really as much of an active part of that because they aren't contributing any information beyond the information that is publicly given to everyone from their from their killing people <laughs> sure their their best information is who they will kill and won't kill yeah <laughs> essentially uh, yeah I, I actually um i have a concern with the gunslinger that it has the possibility to create a situation where people are racing to make a nomination at the first possible time because the <laughs> first person nominated is this could be essentially safe from being executed because no one wants to risk the gunslinger's wrath i see yeah <laughs> which hasn't happened in my experience does it happen with you i don't think in i don't think anyone's thought of that yet in oh, really? my games yeah <laughs> yeah well maybe maybe i'm just 
I'm just imagining things that could happen. But, but you see what I mean where it's like, no, yeah, absolutely. That absolutely could happen. <laughs> and then, and then you get into these pedantic rules of, uh, are nominations open yet? Tell me as soon as nominations are open. Okay. Yeah. I nominate myself. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, so we can't, we can't get it. Just, uh, some of these travelers are so powerful that it just makes me want to exile them. And that's not the situation I want to be with. Whereas beggar, beggar, let the beggar stick around for a while. See what they could do. Yeah. All right. So, so what else are you doing when you're playing as the beggar? I mean, the, you're looking for players who would actually help to be confirmed good. Uh, people yeah. who have given information and obviously are dead. So usually that's first night characters, washerwoman, librarian, chef investigator who their death i mean often helps make them seem good and so you can be that next step to to say uh we really need to follow this information because like they either volunteered to be executed or the demon killed them and a beggar's confirming them good you know that that seems like two good reasons to to figure out to to agree with what they're saying yeah beggar kind of functions like an undertaker um in that way where once people are dead although even more powerful because you can get the people the demon killed as well where once people are dead you can learn that crucial piece of information about them i've never thought of it that way i mean that sounds incredibly powerful it does but there's a cost to it (laughs) which is i mean the big one is the undertaker is always good and they just get the information without anyone having to cooperate with them. Whereas the beggar can be evil and they need people to cooperate. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it is harder on them. But I mean, I, you know, an evil player could be bluffing Undertaker and believing that evil player would have just the same cost. Yeah, that's true. I, well, I mean, there is the additional cost of giving up your uh, ghost vote, which is pretty big. It's but... very big in a variety of ways. Um, because, I mean, you know how often the ghost votes determine that last uh, day, you know, the final three or final four. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that actually, oh, I, that's that's the also the last mechanic that a dead player has. So mm-hmm. it can feel very important to them. It's like they've died, they've lost their ability, they've lost um, the ability to nominate. All they've got is this one little vote and the beggar is asking for them to give that up. So yeah. that could be a hard sell. But so I think the beggar has to really, you know, sell them on the upside of confirming them and what that could do for the game. Yeah, I I think with that in mind, I would also like really think about picking your battles as the beggar as far as who you're going to try to convince to give you their um, their vote token. There's certain players who just value the mechanics over everything and will like keep arguing even after they're dead and like be convinced that they're right and try to solve the game and be like completely engaged with it. And then there will be other players who if they didn't have that last vote, would be a lot less engaged with the game. So I would be going I would be going after the players who I think are most likely to give me their votes, which would be players like myself who are like going to be actively involved in the game and trying to think about it, whether or not I have any impact on it, just because like knowing that I can still convince people whether or not I give my vote to this beggar. And giving my vote to them might actually make people more likely to believe me. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, some players are gonna want to cl- you know, cling to that last mechanic because they think that without it, they don't have a say in the game. But you're right that, you know, the voice, your voice is your best tool. You don't necessarily need that vote, but you do need to get something. You have to believe that you will get something legitimate out of, uh, out of it, that you're not essentially handing it over to an evil beggar. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you don't want to do. Um, yeah, that there's a one method you can take as a good or an evil, uh, beggar, is to be listening to the conversations that are already happening. 
which I think is mm -hmm. uh, important for travelers, especially late arriving ones, because they don't know everything. They, they arrive and they have to catch up. And it can be very difficult because a lot of people, you know, it's like day one, this person came out as a rec recluse. It's like no one wants to talk about that on day three when this traveler shows up. But that's very important information uh, that they would need. But mm -hmm. listen to the conversations uh, that are going on and see if they if any of them lead to like, well, if we can believe this empath, then, you know, or, you know, this mm -hmm. fortune teller's information would lead us there. But like there's nothing confirming them. But if, if people are look, you know, have information, but they don't know if they can trust it. That's when you can pop your little beggar head in and be like, oh, I can help with that. <laughs> I mean, assuming it's a dead player. Yeah, that look for where your ability can help what the group's trying to do already. Yeah, and I think also on, on the point of like not really knowing what's going on, mm -hmm. you end up in a unique situation for travelers. I guess Scapegoat can do the same thing, um, where you learn a player's alignment through your ability. So once you do use your ability, hopefully you have found somebody who's on your team, and you can then go to them and be like, okay, catch me up on the most important things I need to know about this game. Like, what are you thinking about <laughs> all that stuff? Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a, that is exactly how it should go. It can. I, I do. I think I've noticed players. You know, some players are so excited to be figuring out the puzzle that they don't want to retreat. Uh, especially, you know, if the storyteller is keeping a kind of tight track of time, that they don't want to spend f three minutes to be like to go over to the beggar and be like, that's the, the fortune teller. That's especially when they don't know if the beggar is evil or not to, mm -hmm. to, to inform them. But I think a, a keen beggar of, again, of good or evil could just kind of look at who's having big conversations and then look at who's kind of sitting and watching. And one of those sitting and watching players might be more willing to at least fill you in. And then maybe from that conversation, you know, lead you to taking their vote or help, you know, gaining trust. Do you think there's any merit in lying about what information you learned about uh, players when you're when you're a good beggar? Is there ever a time when you'd learn someone's good, but like tell the group that you think they're evil? I can't really think of that, but maybe I could imagine a situation where you'd learn someone's evil and tell everyone they're good, like only to reveal it later. I don't know. <laughs> um, I like I I don't I don't want to say never, but I do think. It's very rare when you would ever want to say a good player is evil. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like in the resistance, they don't let the good players fail the mission, if you know that game. Yeah. It's it's kind yeah, of yeah. like, it could be a swing for the fences, but I, I do think nine times out of ten, it's it's not going to help. But I may just not be imaginative enough. But the, Yeah, I can't think of a situation. <laughs> the other situation could be very valuable, um, where you've been told a player is evil and you announce that they're good in the effort to convince that the evil team that you are also evil. So then you can go talk to that evil player and be like, Hey, look, I, I know you're evil. Um, like who's the other minion sort of info, uh, try to, <laughs> yeah. you know, get something, uh, out of them. Cause obviously, uh, an evil travelers knows who the demon is. So, uh, they would be very suspicious if you ask who the demon is, but <laughs> figuring out who the other minion is, um, you know, ostensibly so that you can not vote against them and, you know, try to keep them alive. Uh, it could be very valuable information that you could then flip. Yeah, that's good, especially if it happens relatively early. I'd I got to imagine, I've never seen it before. I've, I've got to imagine it's really hard to get an evil player to ever give you their vote, whether or not they think you're evil, because, <laughs> or especially if you are good and they don't have a good reason to think you're evil, because that would just be, that's such a 
it's just like giving up voting power for the evil team is even more important than giving it up for the good team. Yeah, because uh, they only have a few. Yeah. Um, there are ways you can affect that. Uh, I have seen a, a good beggar kind of convince the, the good team, you know, and so the majority of players that they're good in a way that several voices were saying, oh, give your vote to the beggar to debt to dead mm-hmm. players so that we can confirm you. And, uh, and actually I saw an evil player uh, use their vote in like the second or third to last day, essentially because they were, they didn't want to have this, this conversation about giving up their vote to the beggar anymore. <laughs> and they, they were, and they were going to, ha- they realized they're going to have to keep on having that conversation as long as they didn't do it. And it was going to make them look more and more evil. So they, they used their vote when they could essentially. So that they no nice. longer had. Yeah. And so that actually is a value to the good team because they got an evil vote out of the way before the last day. Yeah, just adding that pressure is good. I guess that's also something to look out for if anybody is doing that, if you think that could be the situation in your game. Yeah. There is uh, an exception to this, which is the spy who can uh, register as good to the beggar, right? Mm-hmm. So in that situation, the spy, although the spy is still giving up the vote, um, if, you know, getting... At this point, it might be triple confirmed because the spy, you know, there's so many ways the spy can look good, um, could help potentially. There's also, um, if an evil player is very wary of being seen as evil in a way that they're concerned that their vote in the, on the last day is going to change how other people vote, that's an ability yeah. that obviously a lot of people relish. They're like, oh, I can, I can vote for this person, and everyone else will be like, don't vote for that person. But some people. <laughs> Um, may not want to do that or may be concerned by that. And giving it to the beggar um, is a way to kind of take that off the table and maybe even find out that, you know, if it's an evil beggar, then then get, you know, it's another way that they can use their vote. It's risky, but. Um, let's see, anything else you want to talk about with the good beggar? Oh, well, this is a thought I had because beggars are so, or um, uh, travelers are so late arriving that there's a possibility that a beggar could show up and it like as often may happen a recluse is dead maybe because they outed on the first day and people decided they didn't that was you know that it was the safest vote was to get rid of the recluse and that they could have their recluse give their vote token to the beggar without having told the beggar what the recluse is Mm, and then at that point you know most of the time when the recluse's ability is able to be used as a storyteller. It is, you know, a lot of times for the it reads as the demon to the fortune teller or evil to the empath. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure about this situation, but it would be just in an interesting way to to kind of test the new beggar because if you're assuming, which you really can't, but if you're assuming that the beggar's told they're evil, then you know if they say that they're good then it's probably an evil beggar. But all of this can be meted with, you know, once that becomes the meta, then, you know, then the storyteller tells the the beggar that the recluse is good. And there's all sorts of ways it can go. But I just thought... You could... I do think, though, that if if the beggar comes out and says that they're evil, and everyone basically has decided to trust the recluse at that point, or even if they haven't, I feel like either way that makes it so that... Um, <clears throat> either way that makes it so that the beggar's probably good. Mm-hmm. Because either they're truthfully giving the information they got about recluse registering to them, or they're truthfully giving the information about an evil player, which, mm. if 
like if they're if they are an evil um evil beggar then the safer thing to do would be to call that player good because either they are good or they are evil in either case you're building trust yes so i feel like if they come out and say yeah they're evil then that is a pretty good sign that that beggar is good i agree We'll we'll give it a seventy percent sign. You know that's the, that's the <laughs> thing in Blood on the Clock Towers. Nothing is, you know, a hundred. Well, yeah. except for like the Virgin and Slayer, maybe nothing's a hundred percent. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it helps. Well, there's there's kind of a giant part of the beggar's ability that we haven't talked about yet, which is more of a benefit to the evil team, but it affects how you should play it as good. Which is that you add a player to the voting mix, mm. but they don't get a vote unless they take a vote from a dead player. So like an example to make clear how powerful this is, because at first it doesn't sound like a big deal, is we have six players, let's say it's day three, there's six players remaining uh, alive, four good people, two evil people. It takes three votes to execute someone. That means it takes, let's say if someone nominates the demon, it'll take probably three good players to realize that this is a good execution. And, you know, you don't need that fourth good player to get it through. The beggar shows up. And this is assuming that, you know, the dead players may not want to use their vote in, you know, middle days, which is usually what happens. The beggar shows up. Now there's seven players. Now it takes four votes, right? The beggar doesn't have a vote to, yeah, to add. So now the situation is all four good players need to agree uh, to kill this demon or it's probably not going to happen. And so... Evil, in my opinion, is the team that benefits most often from not executing people, not getting enough votes on an execution, or even, you know, because evil knows who's good and who's evil, it's more likely that good players will be executed because the evil players will throw their votes in with a few good players and that'll be enough. Yeah. So that's almost like an invisible part of the beggar's ability is that essentially they make the voting a little less favored for good. For as long yeah. as they're alive, which is <laughs> not insignificant. So my thought is that a good beggar should be considering that that it may be best for the good team if they're exiled. So and may, and sooner than sometimes later. Sometimes it's best for them. <laughs> sometimes you just gain a vote out of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're not. So my yeah, my thought is if you're a beggar and you go in there and you start making your case and no one wants to give you vote tokens and maybe you live through a day and then you make your case again and no one's giving you your vote tokens. You should probably self-exile because <laughs> your exist and I, I believe so much in travelers as self-exiling because I think that you know you should be playing for your team, not for your your role, your character. And yeah, I mean, at least in this situation, for a good beggar, just by existing, they're making it harder for the good team to vote out <laughs> evil players. So and getting, you know. Self-exiling is something that I don't think an evil beggar would usually want to do unless obviously they were trying to really pretend hard that they're a good beggar. And so definitely if if a beggar is on the last day and they don't have a vote token, they they might as well try to get themselves exiled to get that vote. Yeah, definitely. Especially if it, I mean, yeah, on the last day, mm-hmm. on the last day, you might end up in a funny situation where the players don't want to exile you because it'll give you voting power if they don't trust you. Exactly. Yes. Which is like the opposite of every other traveler. Yep, that's why the beggar's fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really interesting. Like, just turns everything upside down. <laughs> but it doesn't have to. That's what I love about it. It could, could make yeah. a change, but it doesn't have to. Another thing, just as being as good, it it almost it won't come up very often. But sometimes in the late game, often if there's a spy and a poisoner, 
like the ongoing information characters have been killed or poisoned or mm-hmm. are are evil characters bluffing and the poisoner is left with no good targets and at that point a good beggar actually becomes a good target for the poisoner because it's better than nothing essentially and so yeah usually a poisoner wouldn't want to poison a traveler but and i i think a good beggar should keep in mind that there's uh there's a time maybe on like the second to last day where it's like they might be poisoned so to keep that in mind yeah i could even see it happening early on like that might be a good reason to keep your plans close to your chest so like don't say like oh tomorrow i'm gonna ask you for your Mm. uh vote token just just like get it in the moment or give up on it because otherwise you're opening yourself up to being poisoned exactly that's all i've got for good good beggar all right let's let's talk about his evil i feel like this might be a little bit more obvious like we were saying the beggar kind of is sided towards evil just by being in the game exactly and and by that merit they just like i said the good beggar should consider exiling themselves the evil beggar essentially shouldn't because just yeah. Just know that staying alive is good for the evil team, and that's all you have to do. Uh, you can do more, but <laughs> just staying alive is is it's strong. Yeah, and then like we were talking about getting ghost votes, super strong. You can obviously get votes from evil players as well, so if people do trust you, that's going to make them look super good. There's, there's just a lot of things you can do because you're getting information and you're affecting the game state in a powerful way. Yeah. And you don't have to be worried about the truth. You can you can you know argue to get people to give your votes for whatever reason, any <laughs> any sort of way you can lean on people to get the vote because any vote you get from certainly from any good player is going to help the evil team. And that uh, evil players giving up their vote to you probably helps. Uh, they may lose the evil vote, but uh, if they, if you can confirm them, that helps as well. Yeah, and you you still have that vote, so yes. Although you can't cast multiple ones at the same uh, yeah. time. There's always the thing with the beggar of, like, you don't want them to die with, like, three votes not used. Because then those three votes just disappear. Yeah, uh, except maybe you do if you think they're evil. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you're like, this person's been massing votes. Let's, let's get, a, get them out of here. <laughs> One of the things I think you can look for, especially if you're being unscrupulous as an evil beggar is looking for players who kind of are sitting as I, as I advocated uh, for the good beggars finding players who are kind of sitting back as a way to get information uh, for evil players you because you want any and all votes you could approach those people and really try to sell them on your ability to make them part of the conversation of the game again because they've been they died early they don't have an ability. They're just kind of biding their time, being quiet, waiting to the end. And you can walk up and be like, hey, you know, I, you give me your vote token. I'll confirm you. And then everyone will be talking about all that information you have. You'll be having these conversations. You know, you'll be up in the mix having a great time. You know, I could do that for you. And then you betray them. <laughs> well, but potentially yes, potentially no. But either way, getting the vote token helps. What, I, what I've seen uh, is usually players give vote tokens to the beggar until they uh, say someone is evil. And then Mm -hmm. that kind of is like the stopping point where it's like, well, either we have an evil beggar or this is an evil person. But at this point, uh, the information gets a little muddier. So especially as evil, you know, you, you can do whatever you can claim, whatever you want with the information. But 
recognize that if you say someone's evil, that may be the last vote token you get. And so I see a lot of evil beggars claim good once and maybe even twice and then then, you know, claim that the person they've been given the vote token of is evil. Mm-hmm. And then it has even more impact because those early people be like, well, I was good. They confirmed me. This person must really be evil. I think there's also there's an interesting thing with the beggar that most travelers don't have access to, which is that they can kind of confirm, them, confirm themselves to the demon. So a lot of the time, like personally, as if I were to play a traveler, which again, I haven't, uh, <laughs> but personally, if I were an evil traveler, I would never go to the demon and be like, hey, I'm your I'm your evil traveler person. Just because like it's so easy to fake that as a good player. Mm-hmm. That I don't think the demon would really like if the, if they're thinking about it. I don't think that they would trust you and like assuming they know the mechanics and stuff. Sure. So I would always just be looking to like talk to them much later, and like hopefully my actions by that point have shown that I'm evil. And the beggar can do that. Where if they ever accuse a good player of being evil, it pretty much is showing the evil team that they're definitely evil, and then they can get looped in on the rest of the evil team's plans after that point. That is a good point. Yeah, they they do have that ability that other travelers may not. Uh, but that, my my issue is, what's the value of looping the evil traveler in on on what else is going on for the like the yeah? And is it at the risk of people realizing you know these these private conversations? I don't know. Once once a beggar has called someone evil, they too become a little you know questionable. I mean, to me, they're questionable from the, the start. So I'm kind of suspicious of anyone who's talking too much to travelers. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a super explicit thing. Like you can do, you can communicate a lot by um, talking to each other in public. But like you can have like there can be subtext to your conversation. Like if you get into an argument with them, with the the with the beggar, if the demon and the beggar get into an argument, they can communicate a lot to each other under the guise of like talking about something completely different. <laughs> I, I love that. Whenever the evil team argues with itself and it's kind of for show, that I find that very convincing. That always, uh, at the end of the game, when that's revealed, it's like, oh, you guys weren't arguing at all. <laughs> yeah, especially if, if they're like attracting all of the attention for the day. <laughs> yeah, dominating the conversation. But but they might be drawing spotlight on themselves. But That is true. Yeah. But yeah, but like but just knowing that the beggar's on your team for that purpose it opens up the possibility to like do something like that and know that they're not going to be like actually fighting against you. Yeah. Let's see what else what else here. Well, uh I mean as I mentioned an evil beggar any vote they take away from a good player is a good vote so they just you know claiming a bunch of good players are good. It's kind of a double-edged sword because if you do that too much per well, yeah, I think it actually you do have to claim that a bunch of people are good and then claim that a good person is evil, if only to cast doubt on yourself and then all the other people that you've already <laughs> confirmed, you know, for those earlier days. But, you know, you, you could get into a situation where the good team is like, oh, we've got all this great beggar information. And then you're on the <laughs> last day and it's like, but but we don't really have any votes to kill this demon that we know is the demon. So, yeah. Any vote you could get us is a good vote. Yeah, that's that. I don't think there's much more to say than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing you could do as an evil player, most of the things you can do, you know, as an evil player are things that you're doing as a good player. You're just doing them for a different reason. Is uh, <laughs> travelers usually arrive late uh, in my experience, 
And so that can be a reason for you to justify uh, having a private conversation with someone mm-hmm. who actually who actually is evil and is filling you in. But you're you're saying, oh, well, you know, I, I, I didn't know all this stuff. This person's giving me all this information. <laughs> so you, you could even turn it on there. You'd be like, well, you didn't want to tell me the public information. You know, this person was being nice. Leave me <laughs> yeah, alone. Exactly. Speaking of I, the idea of a beggar leaving early is really funny to me. Take like if they votes. take a bunch of votes and then just leave. <laughs> so if you're evil, absolutely try to do that just for the uh, for the mental benefit of it, the morale. Yeah, then um, you that's that fits the idea of a traveler so well because it's like the the charmed salesman who arrived in town and like sold all this <laughs> snake oil and then dipped out and uh, yep. and the people are left being like. Well, well, is <laughs> the fortune teller good? I don't know anymore. Yeah, they, they didn't even try to use that vote. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. Did he care about us at all? <laughs> yeah, that, that is. I like that a lot. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Get it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you've got somewhere to be, otherwise it probably helps to stick around and yeah, <laughs> cast votes against the the good team potentially. Um, there is one last thing that had happened in a game of mine. And it was just an interesting thing to think about, which was that a beggar arrived late. He confirmed a good player and then a dead spy gave him their vote. And mm. as the storyteller, I was like, OK, it's an evil traveler. It's an evil minion. I like technically the ability could let me tell them that they're good. But I was very concerned that if I told the evil beggar that this player was good, that they would say that they were evil. Um, so I told them that they were evil and the evil beggar said that the spy was good. And, and I think that was as intended where, you know, an, an evil ability help, uh, didn't come into play to hurt, potentially hurt the evil team. But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's an option for the storyteller. Storytellers love using the recluse or the spy ability whenever they can in my experience. Yeah. So, uh, it's especially in trouble brewing where you don't make quite as many, decisions as you do in other editions it you know they 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 love like when the mayor gets to trigger uh <laughs> it gets targeted any sort of way for them to to make a choice oh by the way speaking of mayor also using the mayor to kill the beggar is fun <laughs> when you waste votes oh that's just a fun thing to do as the storyteller <laughs> in the night you mean oh, oh. Yeah, yeah yeah wow that's i see i've got all sorts of uh concerns about about who should be targeted with the mayor. This is off topic, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I almost always like if the mayor gets targeted, I, I hit the drunk or I hit a first night information character because mm-hmm. I don't want to do something as, as damaging as killing a minion, but I or a minion or demon. But I don't I don't want to do some I don't want to swing it too much either way, way, essentially. Yeah, but hitting, hitting a traveler is an interesting way to go because it's a person who was probably just going to be exiled anyway. Well, to me, that's so so hard for the evil team because they essentially lose. They the good team potentially has one more day of executions. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that bad. I, I I think I tend to be more punishing maybe than you are with the with the uh, mayor bounce. Like uh, I'll happily kill the demon with the mayor <laughs> like, and just force them to star pass. I, uh, I will admit though that a lot of my games that have swung evil. I've done they've the mayor has been targeted and I've hit someone that wasn't so impactful as a result. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of snowballed 
where evil won. And I've that's often been my regret where I was like, oh no, I should have I should have you know hit someone a little <laughs> harder. I should have hit evil a little harder for targeting them there. But yeah, just just picking a traveler in general is an interesting one to think about there. Oh, I've got a the town should think that the demon didn't target a traveler usually right (laughs) like they've got to assume that it's either a a mare or that the demon is messing with them to Mm -hmm. to pretend mare this could be a good way for an evil player to uh make their mayor bluff more believable (laughs) i mean it could be you know that the the demon is bluffing saint and a gunslinger showed up (laughs) (laughs) and that's like oh no this is the only way i'm gonna survive this game cool let's move on to the last little segment here this is ending up being a bit longer than i expected i might end up making this into two episodes i don't know we'll see how the other conversations go how to be storyteller with the beggar uh, uh, i feel like we've already covered a lot of it we should talk about the like physical aspect of running the beggar as the storyteller the actual collecting of votes yeah collecting of votes and like what is the exact sequence of events that happens Oh, I, I haven't really given it much thought. I mean, I've just got a default way that I, I do it. But uh, if we go, what sort of ways are there? Hold on. Let me look up the exact, like, the Almanac yeah. text for this. So basically, another player has to volunteer to um, give you their token. Mm-hmm. And once they do that, the beggar, as far as I know, cannot reject that. So basically, at any point, somebody can just stand up and be like, hey, I want to give the beggar my uh, vote token. And then the then you have to like pull the beggar aside and privately tell them the alignment of that player. I feel like there are ways that like people could be confused about that. Like, oh, do I do it at night or something? Oh, like... uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to explain um, how how any traveler works because it's not on the character sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you have a lot of power as the storyteller, essentially for putting the beggar in a positive or negative light. Uh, in my opinion, which really matters for their ability of kind of just the way that you you speak of of their ability, you can make it sound like a very powerful ability for good, or yeah. you could make it sound like, oh, here's this thing that maybe you want to use, but you know, other stuff's going on, so <laughs> you don't have to pay attention. <laughs> like there there is a lot of power in introducing the traveler to the group and and saying what they do. I don't think the storyteller should use in one way or another so much as just be aware that they have it. Yeah, I think that for the sake of the beggar themselves, I would always try to make it seem like, yeah, this is an ability that like there are definitely reasons to use it Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, just for the sake of having the beggar have a good time in the game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hopefully, guys, as I've said, I saw I saw a beggar one time come in and not get any votes and not get to cast any votes and not even get to be exiled. And (laughs) it was almost Mm -hmm. like, oh, am I even really here? And they were a good beggar. Um, <laughs> so they were just slightly hurting the evil team or the good team, uh, yeah. the whole time, but in a way that most people don't really pay attention to, don't realize until it's something to think about. Certainly when you're deciding what traveler to put in, it can be high impact or low impact, but mostly weighted towards evil. <laughs> yes. I, I think that the impact level also gets tailored to how long they, you think this traveler is going to be here for mm-hmm. some of the, some of them where it's like, Oh, well, for whatever reason, this person's only here for 15 minutes, <laughs> but they want to play. And why, who are we to say they can't play? Come on in and have this you know, crazy ability for one day. That, that yeah. works. But it, it often is the traveler is there to stay once they've shown up. And so mm-hmm. some of these abilities become liabilities. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't have too much more to say about 
uh, running them as the storyteller, mostly just like consider all the things we've said here about how they can affect the game. Yeah. And use your judgment. <laughs> yeah, because the storyteller doesn't have much say in whether they're told they're good or evil, except for the spy and recluse. And we, we went mm -hmm. over those. Those are pretty natural so do you think there's any do you think there's any consideration as far as where the beggar should sit that's in a the circle that's a yes okay this is actually tricky because this is this applies to all travelers to me uh because mm -hmm. it's all about the empath yeah and it's like if you put a traveler in and they're sitting next to the empath it kind of hurts the empath a bit it gives them some information and maybe it gives them new information. If, if let's say they were, had neighbors that were never going to die, then it actually does mm -hmm. at least give them something. But um, I, I like to, I usually think the empath's information is first look and foremost looking for other, there's not a term for original players, right? Non-traveler players. Yeah, I, I call them residents. <laughs> residents. Perfect. Yeah. The, the, I think empaths would rather get reads on residents. But also, you don't want to confirm empaths by seating travelers away from empaths. Yeah. <laughs> so I, usually you let the traveler pick their, their seat, right? Yep. And that's, you hope that they the don't sit next to an empath. Yeah. And if they do, hey, it's it's uh, you can work with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, maybe you can let them choose their seat before you decide their alignment. That way you have a little bit of control over that. Oh, I don't know. Would you be more if they were sitting next to an empath? You think you'd be more likely to make them evil? Maybe just because, like, then then the good team has a way to be clued into that. But also, it's like still hurting the good team by wasting the empath's info a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. That could work with the late arriving factor we talked yeah. about, where it's like they're sitting next to an empath. They don't know that it's an empath. The empath is getting a you know a quiet evil read on them that they don't say anything about, and then someone gives well. But then if they're getting quiet, evil read, they just would want to, well, they wouldn't want to out them if they, they wouldn't want to out themselves as empath just to out a traveler. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is some interesting decision space. Good, good call. <laughs> I don't know if there's a right answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the empath sitting next to a traveler, but I guess I don't have to feel that bad for them. <laughs> they can always exile them. That's what I usually fall back on. If they feel it's important enough, they can just get them exiled. <laughs> I believe uh, exile meta is healthy. Exile early, exile often. <laughs> yeah. I think the travelers should be essentially having to fight for their space in the game. Yeah, I think that's fair too. And if, you know, if they they fight well, if they make convincing arguments for why they should stay around, because it's so easy to get rid of them. And actually, it's easy for the good team to get rid of travelers. It's It's more difficult, I think, for the evil team because they don't have the votes. They don't have the numbers to get rid of a traveler mm -hmm. so they either have to waste a kill by the demon which i i don't think you usually want to do or or essentially you've got to convince a lot of people that this traveler is a liability <laughs> fortunately yep. i usually think a traveler is a liability so i'm right there with the <laughs> evil team ready to exile them well thanks for uh talking to me about the beggar miles sure thanks for having me and i guess for the listener we'll move on to the next one now welcome back it's just you and me again no more guests until the next section, which is really quite soon. I'm just kind of stalling in between here. Anyway, enjoy the next section, which is about the Gunslinger, whose ability reads, Each day, after the first vote has been tallied, you may choose a player who voted. They die. Alright, so here we go. Gunslinger, classic trouble-brewing traveler, and joining me to talk about the Gunslinger is Ed Gabriel. Hey, Ed. Hey, Andrew. How are we doing? 
Pretty well. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Like jumping right into this here. Um, I'll, I'll say the same thing I'm going to say at the start of every Traveler thing for the most part, although with this one a little bit less so. Uh, you know, as I've been saying throughout this episode, unless this is the first segment of the episode, in which case this is the first time I'm saying it. I don't know how I'm organizing this episode. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that much experience with Travelers. I think in Trouble Brewing I have the most experience with Gunslinger because it tends to be the flashiest one that if I ever give people the choice of what they want to be, they usually choose Gunslinger. That being said, I think it's probably my least favorite of them, uh, of the Trouble Brewing Travelers. But let's get into it. So... Do you have any general thoughts on the Gunslinger to start us off? Because uh, I definitely have some. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't lead by saying this, but I, find, I do find the Gunslinger really interesting partially because, um, like you said, a lot of people aren't its biggest fan. I, and, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons for that, and people are perfectly permitted to those opinions. Um, and I find it really interesting how that changes because I certainly have seen like to a new group a gunslinger is great fun because it you know when you're relatively new and you've not established too many metas in your group as to how the game Mm -hmm. should be played the gunslinger is really interesting because it creates that element of tension on every single day about that first vote it really drives that um it also really drives that uh element of a lot of early early groups don't get the 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 fact that even when you're good you can afford to die and sometimes you want to if you're looking suspicious and you'd rather get out the way so you're not getting executed the gunslinger is great for that and that sort of yeah it's really interesting watching that that meta develop really quickly because the gunslinger is in play yeah it's interesting to see how quickly people realize that the gun uh, the gunslinger is just incredibly powerful like yeah like it it, that is like the ability to just kill an extra person every day changes the game so much and it's a lot of people are afraid of that but i feel like in general it's very much a power that helps good by being in the game even if it's an evil gunslinger i feel like a lot of the time it's a net benefit for good yeah yeah that's one of the interesting things on travelers across the board that i that i really enjoy is that because of the nature uh, probably not the scapegoat so much. Um, so some, you know, someone else will t- be talking about that. But because of the nature of um, the travellers wanting to seem good for as long as possible in order to mm-hmm. stay in town, by nature they're going to use their ability for good for a while, or at least be pretending yeah. <laughs> to. And so they do always help good to a certain degree. Obviously, um, some some can't. But I think all of the, yeah, all of the trouble brewing. Uh, travelers apart from the scapegoat really will at least for the first half of the days will mm-hmm. almost certainly be helping good because they have to otherwise they're going to get exiled and that's really interesting with the gunslinger because that's where all of the this dynamic changes in terms of how you can use it so it's really interesting yeah so to quickly go over and i think I've even mentioned this a little bit in the Saint episode, but like the the biggest kind of like awkward interaction with the gunslinger is between the gunslinger and Saint, where basically pretty much the best thing for a, anyone who is the Saint to do is to get themselves killed by the uh, the gunslinger. Obviously, it's better if they get killed at night, but it's just so much safer to get killed by the gunslinger because that just like eliminates any kind of confusion about whether or not like the town needs to execute you, and it, it just totally nullifies the outsider ability. 
Um, yeah. Eliminates obviously a prime demon candidate. That's, I think, the thing that most people have the biggest problem with with Gunslinger for the people who don't like it. And just to be clear, I don't hate the Gunslinger or anything. I It is my least favorite of the Travelers, but I will still absolutely put it in games. I still enjoy playing with it. But that is definitely an interaction that I feel is not ideal. Yeah, I can I can really understand that because especially if you're a demon and it's say day 3 and you've got a really solidly established saint bluff like there's yeah. exact it looks like there's a baron you've got the exact right number of outsiders um everyone's believing that there's a baron in play and you are looking bulletproof as this saint and then a ganslinger travels into town there's like I can really understand why at that point you'd be quite um, peeved uh, because, you know, that 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 was, you know, you, you've played the game from your point of view pretty much flawlessly. And then you've been uh, you, you're going to get shot just because a gunslinger yeah. is there, even though they most people trust you. Like no one's going to most likely people are just going to be like, no, well, we might as well do it anyway, just in case. And I, yeah, so that's I, that's really understandable. It, it's actually one of the reasons that I don't mind having a gunslinger in at the start of a game, but mm-hmm. I will almost never travel it. So I don't mind having, yeah. So bearing in mind, travelers can join and leave at any time. I rarely will put a gunslinger in uh, midway through a game where I would put the other uh, trouble bearing travelers in midway through a game. Whereas I will start a gunslinger on the assumption they're going to leave at some point. That's I'm much more likely to go that way purely because a gunslinger coming in after a, a couple of days even if you still got 10 11 12 players left it becomes a, a much much more power even more powerful as a role mm-hmm. because uh you've already eliminated some people you know it, it it's already coming down to bluffs and that sort of you know the gunslinger just cuts through all of that rubbish and just goes yeah dead Gunslinger makes dealing with double claims so easy because, like, you execute one of them and shoot the other. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so strong. All right, so let's get right. Let's get into the discussion of how to actually play as the gunslinger. So, when you're a good gunslinger, what's your primary? What are you primarily trying to do? Well, uh, again, like all travelers, um, one of your biggest jobs is building trust in the town because that's what keeps you in town. Um, and I personally think the strength. The, while the gunslinger is is horrendously powerful and a lot of people are wary of it it is also probably the strongest trouble brewing traveler in terms of building trust because you can absolutely provably be doing exactly what you've been asked to um it's like it's not like you can bluff killing someone um (laughs) if you're evil like you you say i'm gonna kill that person and that person dies um and so that you know there's already an element of if that's what the town wanted you are already making them happy by doing it so i I do find it particularly strong for building trust uh and this is exactly what we were saying earlier about um even an evil gunslinger will do that um in order to then break the trust later so it is really interesting that balance because people will trust you for as long as you're doing what they want (laughs) um as soon as there's any element of um you know you you breaking orders as it were to do to shoot someone else like don't expect to still be in town by the next night um yeah I, i once saw like a really funny game where i had a fairly new player i actually it might have been their first game and they showed up late so i was like okay cool let's make you a traveler just for fun uh, and they chose Gunslinger. I was like, uh, it was it was early enough in the game, and it 
like didn't seem like it was going to ruin anything. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll put that in. And pretty much on their first day, everyone was like, okay, let's have you kill the saint. And they didn't really understand the game, and they were like, I'm not sure, I just don't want to do it. And then they shot someone else. And so it made this real saint look so suspicious. It was hilarious because um, it was a, it was the real saint. And everyone was like, yeah, let's have you kill the saint. And then they didn't. And it was like, are you evil? Is that the demon? It just Brilliant. really threw a huge wrench in everything. Like someone's setting that gunslinger down going, okay, let's just wind things back to basics. This is why we want you to kill the saint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing what town asks will definitely be the best way to build trust. And as a good gunslinger, I would almost always do what town asks for unless I so strongly disagree with it that I think it's worth, like, I'd rather be exiled and lose my ability than shoot this person you're asking me to shoot, Um, which I think is going to be a rare situation. Yeah, I find there's an interesting balance to be struck there because um, sometimes, yeah, like it's one of the other things that I say generally uh, as a gunslinger is that while you want to be killing people that are not trusted or have roles that are unverifiable and that sort of thing, you also generally want to be keeping people alive that A, you trust, and B, trust you. Because the longer those players are alive, the less likely you are to be exiled, and the longer you're likely to be useful. Because it is it is a noticeable... Uh, group dynamic issue that dead players do nominate travelers for exile but they do it far less than living players do just because we've all got that ingrained if you're dead you can't nominate thing yeah. in our heads and so it does tend to be much more common that, that the living players are the ones that nominate for exile so the more living players trust you the better from that point of view which mm-hmm. is it, it it's not necessarily going to stop you killing one of them, but it's something that to bear in mind if it's a, especially if you've got a a, a reasonable group of people that are uh, trying to advise you on what to do, you can usually, if you trust them, there's usually a reason, and you can usually push back to say, well, you know, we don't need to kill this person because we trust them for reasons X Y Z. And like, if you if you think you've solved the game, which is I mean, it's rare for a traveler to really solve the game because they don't have their own pieces of information to contribute to the puzzle necessarily. But if you think you've solved it and you think you know who the demon is, just, like, go ahead and shoot him. And if it doesn't work out, maybe you'll be uh, exiled. But, like, you know, if the opportunity arises and you think you can kill the demon, I'd say go for it if you think you have a reasonable shot, even if others aren't advising you to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, take 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 matters into your own hands from time to time. You're you're the vigilante. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that nature of information for that purpose is really interesting. I find because um, I what I see quite a lot is that as groups get more and more experienced, um, they will give travelers less information except for the bits mm-hmm. they want them to know. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> which means that sometimes you know even even the good team because they don't trust whether you're good or evil are lying to you about what roles are in play they are mm-hmm. what people are claiming but are still going to tell you who they want you to kill so yeah i i'm i'm always by default quite wary of assuming that i know exactly what's going on as a traveler because yeah um i did see one one game with a gunslinger in where at the point the gunslinger was exiled I think they only actually accurately knew two of the six <laughs> remaining living players' actual roles because there was um, a confirmed virgin and I think another couple of very trusted good players 
who, because the gunslinger was evil, were just lying to the gunslinger about what roles people <laughs> were, but giving them you know genuine mechanic reasons that we think we should, should kill this person. This person's got a fortune teller, yes, but n- like not telling them anything else. Um, <laughs> and this poor good gunslinger was just like. Okay, yes, boss, just doing what they're told. Um, and then got <laughs> exiled. And then literally as soon as they were exiled, this group turned around and were like, right, okay, so here's the actual town square that's going on right now. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. That's of co- obviously quite a developed meta to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So I think that most groups, when there's a gunslinger in the game, they're going to be very careful about like planning out the first execution of the day or the first nomination of the day. Yes. And usually that's not actually going to be somebody that they want to kill because it'll be like, all right, first domination of the day is just for the gunslinger most of the time. Yes. And some groups will even, um, on that first day, some groups will even specifically nominate someone and make sure no one votes on it so that the gunslinger doesn't get to kill. Yeah. Yeah. it's you know that's not the end of the world for you on the first day, but if the group is making it a regular meta, firstly you kind of want to turn around to your storyteller and go, "Look, I'm not even playing at this point because they're just doing this to avoid me being involved." Um, so there's an, an element of that, but also you know there's nothing you're you're alive. There's nothing stopping you make, making a nomination. Um, have those yeah. conversations. If someone wants, um, you know, if people want certain people to die, go and talk to those people. Find out who they're likely to vote for or see who they, they have been voting for in the past and nominate them um, yeah. see if you can pull that vote out and therefore um, get that kill yeah and i mean if people really just don't want to interact with you just feel free to nominate someone in the, at first have you be the only person who votes and then shoot yourself to build trust uh- <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i hadn't actually hadn't thought of that like as a as a straight up trust building exercise like i've had that um where people i, I have had it where um, there was an exile vote and it didn't go through. And then the gunslinger, like after the fact, like three or four <laughs> more people went, oh no, I should have voted for that. And he was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll kill myself then. Um, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, I think I think like it's it's worthwhile to just be like, okay, look, if you guys aren't going to trust me, I'll just take myself out of, the ne- out of the equation so you don't have to worry about it anymore and you can just play the way you like. It's like, see, you can make proper nominations and stuff so that I don't ruin anything for you. Yeah, I'm going to show as a demonstration of me being on your side. I'm just going to take myself out of the equation, so you don't even have to work around me anymore. Yeah, so you're not um, worrying about that. That's that's nice. And it's a good way. And of doing it's really it. dramatic, so it might it might be better at getting their attention. <laughs> True. So I think one thing to think about with the first day execution is if you if people aren't like super actively trying to manage it, pay attention to who doesn't vote at first, because that's a good indication that those are the people who don't want to die. Now, that could mean that they're good and, like, just strong characters that don't want to die. Or it could mean that they're the demon if they're particularly thinking about it. Um, or even minions like poisoners who have ongoing abilities. Um, just the people who are being more cautious, especially if the group as a whole isn't being super cautious about you, I think is very worth paying attention to. Yeah, that's a, a re- I find that a really interesting um, subset that you basically established there. Because... You've basically got sort of a couple of groups that get merged together. It's, you know, people that are powerful um, for whatever reason, whether they're powerful because they are um, evil players that have, um, well, basically the the spy poison, the demon, uh, who obviously want to stay alive to use their abilities. And likewise, those powerful roles on the good team who aren't convinced. But then Mm -hmm. you have the third group that just slides in there to muddy the waters of, people who don't think this execution should go through um and that becomes yeah. <laughs> really interesting you know 
it, watching the rest of that day and trying to basically because by as soon as that first nominations happened all of those first two groups are going to quite happily vote from then on Mm-hmm. So you get to eliminate a lot of them and find out who do- who just didn't want the the execution to go through, and then you can basically wind back and go right, okay, here's my smaller group of people yeah. who just didn't want to vote on that first nomination. It's also something that you can notice, like trends over time, like especially if the the first nomination seems like somebody that somebody's been advocating for their execution, and then they suspiciously don't vote on it. That's especially something that you want to look out for. But I, I mean, overall, I think this is a relatively small portion of games that you're going to be able. You're, that you're going to be able to do this in because most of the time people are all going to be kind of actively paying attention and trying to use your ability with you. Yeah, you you get, you especially in um, groups that have played with the Gunslinger a few times before, there'll be a fair number of, right, um, we're happy for this list of people potentially to get shot. Can we have a vote for just these people or just this <laughs> one person if it's a saint? Um, and yeah, so you'd you do see that a lot by the time people have sort of cottoned on to how the gunslinger works and how they can basically manipulate it as a tool um, for yeah. the good team. What about what else are you trying to do as a gunslinger uh, for the good team? Um, you can be a great conduit of information if you get any trust. Um, especially, I, I've seen people use gunslingers from the perspective of. Um, you know, a lot of people have a reason to talk to them anyway, um, just because they want to advocate for a kill or for a not kill. Um, so one of the things that I've seen not infrequently is people like fortune tellers, undertakers who want to be hiding and haven't managed to come up with a role swap to get their information out another way, will quite happily put that information through any traveller. But the gunslinger is generally quite a good one because um, those players will want to have told the gunslinger they're that role just so they don't get killed anyway so if the gunslinger already knows what role you are you might as well therefore give them the information and so yeah i have seen several games where basically after the all the whispers during the day the first thing that happens is that everyone turns around to the gunslinger and goes okay give us the information and they'll go okay so the undertaker saw this the fortune teller got a no on these two people and this happened this this is some other information here's some more information and this person was actually this thing um and then just an- announcing all of that, and then you progress with the rest of nominations. Which, <laughs> uh, when it, when it does happen, it puts it does obviously put them in a lot of power, but it also has a really insidious uh, effect on the trust levels because all of the information is coming from that gunslinger, from that traveller, and so by nature they're more trusted by the good team than they would be otherwise, just because the perception of the where the information is coming from is in their favour. That is an interesting thing just like in general in the game is if you can be the one who delivers the information uh, you become more trusted because you're accurately relaying information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Have you got anything else in mind for gunslinging for the good team? I I just think that in general, kill often. Uh, Try to use your ability every day if you can um, because the more kills that you take into the hands of the town, the better. Um, And so building trust is a huge part of that making sure people trust you to be the person doing the killing because obviously if you're evil which we'll get to in a second that's now instead of all that extra killing power being used for good purposes it's being used for evil so just really make sure you can convince people that you are good and you know it's kind of hard to do that because there's not many characters that can tell the alignment of a traveler 
Um, so you really just got to work with the good team, make sure you're convincing them that the kills that you want to happen are also in their best interest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's also an element there of um, keeping an eye on the play account as well. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you, you do this in a normal town. Um, but yeah, keeping an eye on whether you're, you're ending the play, ca- the play account on an odd or even number when you're getting mm-hmm. to the lower numbers is really relevant. Just uh, to, to very quickly summarize that because i don't know if we actually talked about it in some of the you must have done in some of the previous episodes but um yeah as as a town as the good players you generally want there to be an odd number of uh living players going into the last few nights because if you go in with an even number of players and you kill every day and the demon kills every day you're going to end up on you're going to be going down in twos and end up on four living players, which means you're going to have to sacrifice an execution for the demon to do one more kill, and then you go into the final three. So um, it's it's a bit more of a complex calculus when you're the gunslinger and you're trying to ma- manipulate things, including your own kill, plus the nomination, the execution kill, plus the demon kill, and trying to manipulate all of those into getting you know down to an odd number for the last... Uh, well, basically getting down to five players usually going into what's going to be your last day because if you're not ex- you're, if you're not exiled at five players you're very trusted <laughs> um and i i'm impressed yeah it would take quite a strange situation for that to happen yeah, it's absolutely. just like nobody lets the gunslinger live i mean they might live until the final three or well you know final three non-travelers but they're probably going to be executed or exiled before the nominations start that yeah, day absolutely <laughs> it's quite, it's just the last thing that um I would say is that that is the other place where you can build trust, even at the the cost of your own exile. Is if you're getting to the situation where it only makes sense for you to be exiled, nominate yourself and at least go. Look, I you know no one's going to trust me to do any more kills. I regardless of whether I'm good or evil, I might as well just be gone, and then we can you know solve the rest of this with the information we've mm-hmm. got and nominate yourself. It helps purely from the perspective of. Um, you might therefore get brought in with that little bit more of trust and therefore you can use your own vote more usefully uh, even after you've died. Uh, So let's talk about, let's transition to talking about Gunslinger as an evil Gunslinger. I think like we said, the biggest thing is make yourself seem good at first and then at a critical moment kill the players that the demon would want to kill anyway. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I mean, in our notes, I very literally put uh, see above then break yeah. <laughs> that trust at a quicker moment. So uh yeah, that is that is the crux of of the gunslinger is evil. Again, because the ability is so blatant and obvious. Um yeah, you you can only break that trust pretty much once unless you you really do manage to swing. Oh no, these these people wanted me to kill that person and these people wanted me to kill that person so I had to choose or you know, you can swing that argument but it's hard. Yeah, it is possible for you to be a little bit more selective about your thing. Like, you can kind of divide, try to get people divided on who they want to kill, and then you choose the one that you think is best for your team. I think that most of the time, travelers don't have a good idea of the whole evil team, because the demon, even if you go up to the demon, you're like, hey, I know you're the demon, because I was told it. Even if you do that, I feel like the demon usually won't trust you, because that's such a good, easy thing for a good um, traveler to do and just get lucky. So, like, most of the time, I think travelers don't have a great... In picture of what the whole game is you're just going to use your own judgment and you have to use the now it's kind of like use your own judgment to pick the worst kill or like the 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 kill that 
mo- you think most likely is leaving an evil player alive because any good players you can kill is very useful. Yeah, uh, certainly from that perspective in terms of um, being trusted by the evil team, uh, the spy is obviously your best friend um, yeah. because the spy is the only... Well, unless you've got an empath set next to you and the evil team <laughs> know that the, the empath's one is you um, yeah. because there's not one of them sat on the other side. There's no way for the evil team to trust you other than the fact that you know exactly who the demon is and uh, or if there's a spy in play who can see what alignment you are mm-hmm. um so definitely if there's a spy you can sit back and they'll come to you which is massively useful if there isn't at some point you are going to have to talk to that demon and see if they trust you but if they don't trust you it's not necessarily the end of the world obviously you're never going to kill them you can watch their voting pattern in the same way you would generally anyway and see who they vote with see who Mm -hmm. votes with them um i have in the past uh literally seen travelers solve the game just by sitting there never using their ability i think it was a, i think the one i remember doing this was a beggar that you talk about at some point but they yeah mm-hmm. they never used their ability they never voted they never nominated um they just talked to people and then sat there during every nomination like really scrutinizing the votes and it was just on a couple of occasions one player who turned out to be the spy voted and within seconds there were two more hands up and you're like right um, that's that's my evil team. I don't know which one's which, um, but that's my evil team. Um, so you can really do that in reverse, uh, especially uh, as an evil player, because it gives you the clue as to who who you should be working yeah. with. Or keeping yeah, if you, if you see of. if you can figure out who the rest of the evil team is, then you just know kill anybody else. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I think it can also be fun to like if the good team is doing something where they kind of accidentally double claim with each other because of bluffs. Like, really play into that and be like, well, look, we've got me here. So, like, sure, even though now one of them's taking it back and saying, like, the other person's good and all that, uh, let, let's just settle this and make it easy and kill both of them. Like, you can kind of lean into stuff like that where um, even when the good team is, it's just like a slight mishap on the good team's side. You can really take advantage of that to get good players killed. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it, if you can work out that that's the case, then you you're... It's great because no one's going to distrust you for the fact it's like, well, this was a clear double claim. I had to, you know, I had to kill them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really strong play. With a in a similar vein, if you have managed to find out the de- the demon and they've trusted you enough to tell you who their minions are, if there's a Scarlet Woman in play, mm-hmm. um, that is probably it's not it's probably one of the most powerful things you can do. If that demon is starting to get a little bit of shade and is likely to be nominated anyway, if you can kill them yourself rather than letting the town build up enough momentum and then execute them. It builds trust for them and for you, especially because in order for you to kill them, they have to have willingly put their hand up for that first day nomination, yeah. which people always are always inclined to say, oh, you know, the demon's not going to do that, even with the Star- Scarlet Woman in play. Mm-hmm. Like, that's particularly powerful. Um, and I've seen that most often. The times I've seen that most often really impact the results of games is when you've got uh, outsider bluffs in the evil team and those outsider bluffs quite happily volunteer to be shot by the gunslinger. It it absolutely sells the Baron being in play because yeah. you know it, it, it's so much less common for out for evil players to volunteer to die, uh, and it can really build trust for you and trust for them. And at the end of the day, when you're evil, the trust for you isn't as important as trust for your demon. Um, mm-hmm. Trust the rest of your evil team. So 
that's really powerful at times. There's another small benefit, which is if you think that the demon's going to be executed anyway and you know there's a Scarlet Woman, if you shoot them, then there's no chance for the Undertaker to learn that they were the demon. It's a very, it's minor and obviously only matters if there actually is an Undertaker, but it's at least eliminating that possibility. So that's a minor upside of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's also a strategy for the evil gunslinger where they are just very clearly evil. They come into the game, they kill one important townsfolk, and then they just like sit back the rest of the game and don't do anything so that they don't like give away anything by how they're acting. Like if there's a confirmed virgin in the game and the demon hasn't killed them yet, uh, and they vote on the first thing, it's sometimes just like kill them. The demon's gonna have to kill them at some point anyway. So like Get it you Yeah, you have you make a tangible difference in the game that the evil team would not have had otherwise. So it's just like you're already a net positive for your team. And then as long as you just sit back and don't, like, do anything to give away who the demon is, if you don't mind being a bit more passive in the game and just, like, being clearly evil or even trying to, like, spin that to your advantage and trying to, like, frame other people. If you don't mind doing that, I think it's totally fine to just, like, not even try to pretend you're good and just kill somebody important. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brilliant. And I think more people should be willing to just uh, accept that they're going to be seen as evil and play into it sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think it's certainly I think it's something that everyone should do just to find out about it once because you'll find it more fun than you think you will um, as long yeah. as you do actually like lean into it and enjoy it. Um, yeah. And I, the best thing is when you're like super clearly evil and everybody knows you're evil, but you can still distract from the real conversations they should be having by like arguing futilely, futilely about the fact that you're not evil. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like there's so many different plays on that, on that basis. I mean, uh, the one that I personally uh, really enjoy both, to do and to see happen is um as soon as you're clearly evil just spend every day like deliberately joining private conversations and just <laughs> acting really like relaxed and trusting and and just like getting really you know close and cozy with certain people every <laughs> single day yep. and just everyone's going bluff double bluff uh do it should we, <laughs> is there any information here it's like um, and, and especially when people, it's been established that that happens, just do it with your demon. Because um, <laughs> everyone will be like, he's not going to go and talk to his demon every day after he's died. Well, <laughs> if that's how you think it's going to work, then I, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's a big, you know, it's, it's a big, uh, it's a big thing to do, and you're relying on there not being too much mechanical information pointing to that player, but if if you can do it like it's hilarious for everyone yeah. one of my favorite uh things to say in a game is team meeting and then call a few people to me uh just because like 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 people won't think that much of it at first and then they'll be like wait did he just say team meeting like who's this team he's talking about nice i've never heard that I, I, being I, I just but love, I love saying that. that in games i love saying team meeting and then calling like three people over to me or however many people are on the evil team <laughs> okay that's cool i mean the only the only kind of equivalent we get in uh my regular groups is um there's they have a bit of a thing about the council of the dead um it's like basically trusted or comparatively trusted dead people and there's always this entertaining bit where the first couple well days sort of two and three it's like yeah okay well, you know all the dead people kind of trust each other um because maybe one of them died to a virgin there's a confirmed virgin there's the person who was killed at night on night two um and maybe you know one or two others who are who are dead and trusted and mm -hmm. then it gets to sort of day three or four and it's like 
all right, time for the council of the dead, not you. Yeah, um. I, I had um one once that happened with a group where we had like a council of the dead going on, and then somehow the demon managed to work their way into the council of the dead for the whole game, and like even they were like they were the honorary living player who was like your honorary dead player for the, this because everyone just trusts you for some reason. Uh, and we finally figured it out at the end. It was like, oh, the betrayal. <laughs> oh. See, that's it's almost less satisfying that you actually figured it out because yeah. like, the demon had all all the power at that point and you just get to sort <laughs> yeah. of put it along and be like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it was like somehow they became the honorary dead player. <laughs> all right, yeah, back to the gunslinger, though. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think anything else you want to say about being evil or should we talk about uh, storyteller nuances? No, I think we're good. Yeah, storyteller we are. All right, so um, don't have to spend too much time on this, but anything special you're think- keeping in mind as you're the storyteller with a gunslinger in the game? Um, there's little mechanics things, uh, you know, doing, making it clear for the gunslinger who their choices are, so just reminding people that they want to keep their hands up if they voted on mm-hmm. that first vote so there's not the faff of... Um, oh, no, wait, who voted? Who am I choosing from? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I also you want to keep a pace on if the if it's opened up to a full town debate about oh no we should kill this person shouldn't kill this person what about this person then bring the hammer down and make give the gunslinger sort of 10 seconds to choose someone like there's there's a really fine balance between uh, enough time to have a little bit of conversation going we think it's this person yeah we like or which of these two people um and a very short sort of up to 20 30 seconds of conversation and uh who do we think it should be um but as soon as you're hitting a minute that's just weighing the game down like you're losing a lot of tension at that point and a lot of interest and you're giving the good team too much time to analyze um, and it's it's effectively a handicap for the evil team at that point. So you definitely want to keep that that rhythm up, that pressure up. Uh, yeah, I would agree with to, to get those going. And what what do you think about the story or uh, the gunslinger's alignment as you bring them into the game? Oh, it's 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 people are going to meta or try to meta your thinking on the gunslinger's alignment. Like it's just a given. They do it much less with the other travelers in Trouble Brewing, I find. Mm-hmm. But the gunslinger definitely uh, people will be trying to meta your, your thing, especially if they've joined like after the start of the game. They they will always be trying to to guess. You know, we've got. We've got Saint Recluse claims, so they're almost certainly gonna be good because they're gonna we're gonna want them to kill those, or they're almost certainly gonna be evil because they're not gonna to want to kill those because one of those is the demon, or we know for a fact that um this person has claimed empath and they're sat next to where the tr- gunslingers joined the circle, so the gunslinger's gonna be good, or you know, all this sort of thing. Uh people will mm-hmm. try and meta that. Um so the beautiful thing about it is that people will try and meta it both ways be prepared for it to happen get ready with your uh resting smug face but it's just sort of ah you think you know what's going on do you um that face <laughs> you want to you want to just perfect that and then just chill out because um yes someone at some point is going to say the exact logic that you used as to where, which alignment you're going for but people all around it are going to say yeah but this and yeah but that so it, it really doesn't matter just um I mean, in terms of the actual alignment choice itself, uh, I find the gunslinger probably the most swingy, purely because yeah. because the most of the time an evil gunslinger will play good, the majority of the time, and obviously a good gunslinger will play good. That's 
great, but it's entirely dependent on the town perception. So even if the town is, you know, absolutely being torn to pieces and you go, right, I'm putting in a good gunslinger, generally just like the fact that the town is being torn to pieces means that they don't have a strong perception of what's going on. And so they're quite, it's <laughs> yeah. quite possible that even in that scenario, a good gunslinger is going to make things worse because they're going to kill more good players. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of the ones that I... Yeah, it's it's much harder to make a absolutely reliable, yes, you should make this, this traveller, this gunslinger good, this gunslinger evil, purely because of that that swinginess. Because, yeah, if, if, if things go badly for good then the the gunslinger's just going to amplify that mm-hmm. um i i where the other travelers i think genuinely generally help their team kind of regardless of how the rest of their team is doing i think the gunslinger just amplifies their team if their team's doing badly they're going to make their team do even worse if their team's mm-hmm. doing well they're going to make their team do even better um but the, you know your mileage may vary yeah, it's interesting. I think there's actually kind of each of the travelers. I feel like helps one of the teams more than it helps the other, no matter which team the traveler is on. I actually, well, not all of them necessarily, but there are definitely some of them. Like, um, I already recorded the beggar um, section of this podcast, and we were talking about how the beggar generally tends to help evil just by changing the voting math to make it so that there's one more player but one fewer vote out there. Yeah, which I think is I can agree with an, that. That's an interesting nuance that it's hard to pick up on i feel like the gunslinger generally favors good even if it's an evil gunslinger um although i yeah there are definitely situations where um <laughs> they end up hurting good a lot more than they help but i feel like in that situation good's kind of already losing anyway yeah so i think that's something to bear in mind like if you've got a traveler arriving um and you think that evil is a little bit on the ropes i would probably consider not making them the gunslinger um i was this one of the other things on a general traveler basis that i find quite interesting is that while it's nice to give players a choice of travelers when they come in don't feel you have to because uh at the end of the day like if they'd been there from the start they would have drawn a random roll from the bag so uh which you would have chosen to put in the bag um it's no different for them to turn up and go can i travel in and be given a roll that you have chosen to quotes put in the bag um as long as you know it's you, nice you can also like limit their selection more than just being like hey you can choose any of these five just feel free to be like hey uh, i feel like these two would be good pick one yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um and that's one of the things i generally do is uh especially if i get more than one person wanting to travel in um i will give them the number of traveler tokens for the number of people that want to travel in and go you know discuss between yourselves you are being these travelers um yeah these ones are all going to be in play you just have to pick which of you is which so that's the thing to bear in mind for that uh not that i'm trying to push people away from the gunslinger but it is definitely the one that's most certainly from trouble brewing i think it's the one that's most often people are going to jump on as a oh this looks really cool but it's also probably the hardest one to balance like as we've discussed um so it might be in your interests to actively choose to go no you're going to have one of these other ones uh rather than the gunslinger to make that a little bit easier for me and for balance perspective all right well i think that about wraps up our discussion on the gunslinger uh thanks for talking to me no problem about the gunslinger um and now we are going to move on to recording the bit about the thief um but for the listener that's probably going to be in the next episode 
Uh, so they'll be hearing from you again soon.